0: Hey lured listeners, would you like a free audiobook? Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at the KMQ. Then tag us in a tweet. Tell us the title of your favorite KMQ story, and we'll send you the audiobook of your choice. But you better hurry. Some titles are going fast. You are entitled to your sexual self. We encourage lured listeners to be playful enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. This show is for adults only and is a hands-free listening experience. Well, at least one hand.
1: This show contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters and intense themes and situations. Please listen responsibly.
0: In today's KMQ episode, we're going to the gym. We've got a husband and a wife. The husband's in the ring with Sal, an expert fighter. There's something going on there. The wife is standing on the side. She's watching the fight. And oh, my God, whoever wins gets the wife. Mm. Oh. Today's story is titled The Bullfighter, written by Richard Bakula, narrated by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. It moved. <laughs> hey, alert hey, listeners. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quick's erotica podcast. This is Rose Carraway and joining me today is big daddy, Dave Carraway, who apparently felt something move with that story tease. <laughs> Just FYI, if you don't know, we totally love like MMA and and all that cool stuff. Yeah. So this story by Richard Bacula like hit all of our spots. <laughs> I love listening to it. So I think he did a fabulous job. Um, do we have any Lord listener email today, Daddy O?
1: We do. We do. Um, this one is from. I hope I'm, I'm saying... making cleavage. Yeah, you are.
0: Okay. That's great.
1: <laughs> Just wonderful. <laughs> This one is from, I hope I'm saying this right, Tomi from Japan. Hi, Rose and Big Daddy. This is Tomi in Japan, Longtime lurid listener. I've read in the news recently that Australia is considering a facial recognition to access adult content on the Internet. Do you think this is an attempt at shaming people away from accessing adult content? Do you think this would affect things like your podcast? I'm concerned that other countries will follow in its footsteps. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Love your work, guys. Tomy.
0: Aw. Hi, Tomy. Hey. Um. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's a big one.
0: That's interesting. Will it affect our show? Let's start there. Um. Hey, maybe we'll get a lot more listeners.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> My assumption is, yeah, it probably would scare a lot. I, I think it would scare me a little bit. You know, I'm. Heck yeah. I'm very distrustful of facial recognition technology out there in the world that's a that's a whole this whole thing is a long conversation i think overall yeah i think we should be skeptical of facial recognition technology it can be easily used and abused uh it can be a lot of benefit mm-hmm. uh like all new technology but i also think uh, it comes with costs um
0: you think there'll be any teenagers out there getting sharpies and trying to get real good at putting whiskers <laughs> on their faces or, or maybe just the glue on thing? I
1: don't know. Oh, glasses. It's
0: just my dorky side going, oh, if a kid wants that, I mean, if a teenager, they find a way. Like, yeah. They always I,
1: do. That's, that's the other it. thing is the internet mm-hmm. finds a way. So there you go. I hope that helped alleviate <laughs> some pressure. I don't think we would count. It's just, uh, it's just stories in your mind. So
0: Fabulous stories in your fabulously sexy mind. So you know, enjoy, and <laughs> don't worry about facial software with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your privacy is I don't, is, right. is, is yours. Um, if you want to keep your listenership secret, feel free. Please do create an alternate um, uh, account, like on Twitter or right. email or absolutely whatever. Um, we're in favor of that because you know um, it's private time and. You don't want to be listening to some audiobook and then on your phone on the family trip to wherever. And right. then here comes, you know, tonight she's yours. <laughs> Cuckle fantasies playing in the car <laughs> right. with all the children. Yeah. That might be a Winnie little Pooh,
1: ah. And then, yeah.
0: Ah. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, please do so. You can email us at thekissmequicks at gmail.com or give us a call at 202 810 KISS. Remember, please do give us permission to use your name on the show. Before our story begins, check out our latest audiobooks. Tonight She's Yours, Cuckold Fantasies 2. 18 steamy stories with lots of heart-pounding, hot wife action. Have fun with wife-sharing first-timers, well-practiced beta cucks, historical slut wives, and worshipful wife watchers. Enjoy insatiable housewives, BDSM experts, and even a made-to-order robot bull. You will fall in love with our sexy swingers, lesbian cuck queens, dominating boyfriends, and a deliciously humiliated husband. These adventurous tales will make you squirm as they fulfill all your hidden fantasies. Tonight, she's yours. Cuckold Fantasies 2. Get this sexy audiobook in Audible, Amazon, and iTunes, and be sure to leave us a sexy review. In Best Women's Erotica of the Year, volume five, takes readers on an outrageous journey into the world of female fantasy and desire. These sexy stories offer up wild, hot, and steamy tales from today's top authors. You'll be swept away by the sexiest business deal ever. Break the rules in a future world where skin on skin contact is forbidden and discover the art of getting off by phone sex. From threesomes to mermaid sex, fetishes, sex parties, and much more, these authors steam up the pages with tales of trysts, love, and lust, where nothing is held back. You'll savor every sizzling page. Get these sexy audiobooks now in iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. And now, The Bullfighter, written by Richard Bakula, narrated by Big Daddy.
1: I'm lying on the floor, wearing only my gray, high leap shorts and a sheen of sweat that's leaking into my eyes. Not all of it's mine. Another man is on top of me, our naked torsos press slickly together. The man is gripping my right arm with his hands, fighting me for control of my own body. I know that once he has control, he'll use it to inflict pain on me until I'm forced to tap out. After I tap out, he's going to fuck my wife. His name is Salvatore Drake. Just Sal to his friends. It's not the first time Sal has me pinned to the floor in his gym. It's not the first time our sweat has mixed on our skin. It's not the first time that bits of saliva and blood have been in the mix as well. We've fought each other many times. I've never won. I met Sal in a bar in the bad part of town. I was there to celebrate a new construction project, a mini-mall my investment group was building that would hopefully bring more businesses to that part of town, and more money into our bank account. I showed up, cut the ribbon, and said some words. Then went for a beer in the nearest bar. The mistake I made was taking my wife with me. Long story short, a couple of local assholes were impolite. I objected and ended up on the floor. It didn't take me long to get back up, but in that short time, something dramatic happened. Sal. One man was crumpled, face down, and bleeding, and the other man was turning a funny shade of red, trying and failing to pry Sal's arm from around his throat. The guy went limp, and Sal unceremoniously dropped him on top of the other guy, who was busy cursing about his broken nose. Shut the fuck up, Sal told the man. Then he turned to us. You guys okay? There was a trickle of blood trying to make its way into my right eye. I ignored it. How the hell did you do that? I asked. He looked me up and down, then smiled. Buy me a beer, and I'll tell you. Sal glanced toward the bouncers headed our way. But let's go someplace a little friendlier. At a different, friendlier bar, Sal had told me he was a semi-professional fighter. When he told me that he also trained other fighters, I hired him on the spot. I had some previous training, but after the scene in the bar, I wanted to be better. Tilly deserved a man who could take care of her. Within a week, Sal and I had our first training session. Within a few months, we were solid friends. My mistake in this match is impatience. It's my mistake a lot of the time. I just hate the back-and-forth, shuffling dance when a fight begins. After you touch gloves, but before any punches are thrown. The two opponents take their time, looking for openings, wary of making a move because they're afraid of the counterattack. I get tired of this all too quickly, and Sal knows it. It's his job. He's my trainer. This match, we shuffled back and forth at each other, making the occasional feint, until my brain got so bored it tried to convince me there was an opening. There wasn't. A couple of seconds later, I was on the floor, trying to fend off a series of snake-like maneuvers from Sal. Fighting is a lot like sex. You use different techniques on the ground than if you're standing up. I do okay standing up. I can pound a person hard if I get them in the right position and if both of my feet are on the floor. Sal, on the other hand, is much more versatile. He's fine standing up, but he'll take you to the ground if he gets half a chance because most people are better at punching and kicking than they are at joint locks and holds. As my back hits the mat, I see Tilly standing outside the ring She's wincing harder than I am. She's seen me fight, and she's seen Sal fight. She knows who the better man is, but she might hate to actually see it, especially with the stakes we've agreed on this time. Tilly and I are high school sweethearts. She's never had sex with any man but me. She's had attractions, that's only natural, but I was her first, and I've been her only since before we were married. It's starting to wear on her, she's told me especially this past year or two. I'm always traveling for work and always busy. Business has come before pleasure for so long. When I've been home and had free time, I haven't had the energy to satisfy her. I don't blame her for the way she's looked at other men lately. I don't blame her for the way she's looked at Sal. Not the first time she saw him swatting those jerks down at the bar or the longer, lingering looks she's given him more recently. She watches him now, Watches his arm as he forces my own arm into a lock. She doesn't want to want him, but she does. She doesn't want to fuck him, but she does. She doesn't want to cheat on me, and she doesn't want to step out. That's why she's agreed to this fight. She needs the permission. She needs the excuse. She needs to be pushed a bit. We all do. I know all of this because she's told me. I free my left hand from where it was trapped under my hip, pinned with Sal's weight on top of me. Sal hasn't noticed, so he doesn't see my fist moving until it hits him in the ribs. I don't have the leverage to hit very hard. That's one of the problems I have with the ground fighting. I'm a stand-up fighter, a striker. I'm straightforward and tend to match strength to strength. I've always fought for everything I've gotten in life, Tilly included, and I do it head-on. I always charge right in. Except, on the ground, there's nowhere for me to charge. All the angles feel wrong, and the world is askew. Sal grunts. The blow hasn't hurt him, but it distracts him long enough for me to get my right wrist free. Sal moves to his knees, making a move for my wrist, putting enough room between us for me to launch an almost decent blow to his face. I'm desperate now. Unfortunately, I've also created enough room for Sal to punch me back. And even though I got the one good hit in... He's raining a barrage of fists, sweat, and curses at me from above. I put my arms up, using my forearms to shield my face from the worst of it. But Sal's pounding me pretty fucking hard. I don't know how much more I can take. Tilly had this look when I told her the stakes. All the emotions had been there. I've known her long enough and well enough to read her like a traffic light. When I told her, a mental fuse blew and all three lights came on at once. red, yellow. And green. Her voice said stop. Her words told me to slow down, that I needed to explain. Her eyes had never been greener. Are you fucking serious? She asked me. I'd managed a wry smile. That's exactly what kind of serious I am. I explained it to her, explained the reason for the fight, for the prize. It sounded legit. It sounded like the kind of cocky thing an overly proud man might say if his own ego got the better of him. She'd seen through the lie, but she'd known why the lie was necessary. Tilly's always been able to read me as well as I could read her. She knew this wasn't my pride getting the better of me. She knew I was getting the better of my pride. Just as Sal's getting the better of me right now. He's straddling my lower belly, steadily launching jabs at my face. We're not wearing cups. Gentlemen's agreement that they wouldn't be necessary and some part of my brain is dimly aware of the weight of his cock and balls resting on my body. I use my right hand to deflect his fists, and I slam my left elbow hard into his thigh. I have pointy elbows, and I know the impact is going to leave a bruise. I quickly bring my left hand up to help deflect his blows. Then, when I get another chance, I slam my elbow back into his thigh. I hit the same fucking spot, and Sal lets out a yelp. Tilly gives me a smile of relief and disappointment. She thinks I can win this, but she's wrong. Sal's got thighs like tree trunks, and my arms will get tired of blocking before his legs get tired of pain. I've got to do something, but I'm short on options. I can't grab Sal's shirt to pull him close enough to me so he can't throw any more punches. Sal doesn't have a shirt to grab. I take a punch in order to lean in, reach up, and grab him behind the neck. I pull myself up, our naked chests almost touching. My face is near his collarbone. We're too close for punches now, and I try to think of my next move. My next move is up, but not of my own doing. Sal grabs me and throws his weight back at the same time he pushes with those powerful legs of his. He stands up, taking me with him. Before I can plant my feet, he's driving forward into a hard belly flop onto the ground. Only I'm between him and the mat. I land hard on my back and Sal's weight crushes me between him and the floor. Adrenaline heightens my senses enough to fully record the slow motion moment of my defeat. The back of my head hits the mat a moment after my shoulder blades and the impact makes me see stars. Sal's head is moving slowly toward my own, tilted slightly to one side. I wonder if he's trying to kiss me. Then his fist slams into my nose and I lose my vision for a moment. When my eyes open, that large, blurry fist is cocked in front of my face. It's not moving. You done? Sal asks. There's no other choice. I tap the floor. Sal nods, lowers his fist instead of smashing my face, then lets go of the back of my head and stands up. He looks over at Tilly. She's staring at us, seemingly aghast at my loss, though I know she's undeniably eager for what she's about to lose. It's a kind of virginity, only ever being with one man. It's a comfort, a purity, and sometimes a burden, she's told me. There's an odd contrast happening now because Sal's becoming clearer and sharper as he moves away from me. My vision is getting better. I'll be able to see everything crystal clear when it happens. Tilly is walking into the ring. She's wearing a white dress, the first piece of clothing I ever bought her. It's a flimsy thing that's outlived its time. I assume she has only kept it around out of sentiment. It barely fits her anymore. She used to be such a skinny thing but now she's filled out. She's curvier now, lusher, riper. The dress clings tightly to her as if it might burst open on its own. Tilly is naked underneath her dress. With the lights behind her, I see the silhouette of her bare pubis and her inner thighs. The flimsy material hides nothing. Sal walks up to her and they stare at each other. Sal's had no shortage of lovers. He's always chasing tail at the bars and talking about his many conquests. Funny thing is, he's avoided married women until now. He's got his own sort of virginity to lose, he's explained. He looks more nervous than Tilly does. I get it. This is going to be a change in their relationship. It's going to be a change in all our relationships. I've managed to sit upright. I wipe the blood from my eye, and probably a tear or two as well. I readjust myself in my shorts. My cock is growing past the point of comfort in its current position. Sal is pulling off his gloves. He's eyeing Tilly's dress. She's standing there, seeing what I do. His sweat slickened muscles and the way his body moves underneath his shorts. I can't read Sal as well as I can read Tilly, but he's taking too long with his gloves. He could have been out of them by now, but he seems to be using them as an excuse to pause. Maybe he needs to catch his breath. I think I really tired him out. Or maybe he's nervous about Tilly. Maybe it's both. When his gloves are off, Sal walks up to Tilly. She looks nervous too, but she's clearly not backing out. Sal reaches out and gently takes a hold of the neckline of her dress, fingering the fabric. He gives it a sudden yank, down and out ripping the dress right down the middle. Tilly gasps, and her bare breasts spill out into the open. Her gasp doesn't seem to be a sound of displeasure. Sal tugs the white remnants of the cloth off her body, leaving her flesh completely bare. He steps back, drinking in the sight of her nude figure as he steps out of his fighting shorts. They look at each other. I see admiration in their gazes. They've never seen each other naked before only gotten glimpses of flesh here or there, and never, with permission to directly stare at all the places their eyes are probably hungry to feast upon. Sal's breathing normally now, and Tilly must see it, because she hands him a small foil packet with a condom in it, which he palms with his left hand. He reaches out with his right hand, grasps Tilly by the back of her neck, and pulls her toward him. I think Tilly thinks he's going for a kiss but I recognize the movement, and I'm not surprised when Sal simultaneously falls and turns, taking Tilly with him to the ground. She lands softly on her back, their fall under Sal's complete control as he catches their weight with one arm. His right hand is still grasping her by the back of the neck when Sal pulls her in for a kiss. I use a towel to wipe the sweat and blood from my face and eyes. And I watch another man kiss my wife. My fight with Sal is over, but there's another fight going on inside me now. Competing urges fight each other for dominance. I look at the towel in my hand. It's not just for cleanup. It's my safe word. I can literally throw in the towel at any time. If watching them becomes too much to bear. I look down, past the towel, and I see my tinted shorts. I look up, and I watch Sal kiss Tilly. For years, Tilly's mouth has belonged only to me, but now it belongs to Sal, too. Sal's lips are on Tilly's lips. Sal's tongue is sliding into her mouth, into the mouth that has belonged only to Tilly and me. Sal's tongue is in our mouth, and Tilly's eyes are closed. It's weird watching them, but it's also not weird. They're the two people I'm closest to. I set the towel gently on the mat next to me. Sal's naked, perfect body hovers over my wife, their skin barely touching. His chest is pressed against her breasts. His hips rest on her thighs. He slowly lowers himself, giving her more of his weight. I move closer to see better. I bring the towel with me, but I don't think I'll need it. Sal still holding some of his weight with his left arm. His right hand leaves the back of Tilly's neck, stroking its way down her shoulder to her breast. He strokes her nipple, and I see it stiffen. There's a stirring in my chest, an echo of what she must be feeling. Part of me wants to tell him to get off her. The rest of me wants to tell him to take her nipple into his mouth. Sal doesn't do either. He strokes her other nipple into hardness then pinches it until Tilly moans into his mouth. He breaks off the kiss and rearranges his weight until he's kneeling between her legs, looking down at her, admiration in his gaze. He sucks on her nipples, working her until she writhes. His cock rests on her pubis. It's not fully hard yet, but it's growing. As he moves from breast to breast, his cock moves and presses against her. She moves her hips up, pressing herself more fully against him. He takes a break from her breasts, kissing and sucking the soft flesh of her neck. His right hand moves downward. I can't see everything from my position, but from the way his arm reaches and bends, he's teasing her thighs. From the way her eyes open, the way she's breathing, and the way she's looking at him, I can tell that his fingers are now touching her pussy. Tilly looks to me for reassurance, and her back arches, her mouth opening wide in a gasp as Sal's fingers do something, touch something that makes her shiver. What's he doing? Has Sal found something? Some secret spot I never found? Does he have techniques I never learned? I give Tilly a nod, meant to be reassuring. My shorts are becoming far too confining. I take them off. Sal has one hand on her breast and another hand between Tilly's thighs. His mouth is on her neck, and I wonder if he's going to mark her. The thought makes me anxious. Sal pulls away. He reaches, hooking his hands under my wife's knees, raising and spreading them, and pushing them back. His cock is resting on her pussy, and he's as hard as I am right now. Bigger, too. Not that I'm a small man, but Sal is a very large one. He rubs himself slowly back and forth, teasing her with his hardness until her hips are rolling. Her hands are on his hips as if trying to pull him forward, but he refuses to give her what she wants. Sal holds Tilly's knees in position with his elbows while he opens the foil packet she handed him earlier. He uses one hand to unroll the latex sheath onto his cock. He does this smoothly, as if he's done it a thousand times. Perhaps he has. I reposition myself to see better. I don't want to watch, but I'm mesmerized. Sal looks between her spread legs. I look too. The head of his cock is resting between her labia, right on the threshold. She's moving her body, obviously eager and desperate to take him into her and welcome him into the pussy that belongs to me. Sal turns his head and looks at me as if asking for permission. I don't nod my head. I can't. I realize that I have my cock in my hand, holding it as if I'm about to start stroking it. But I'm waiting for some kind of signal. A heartbeat passes, then another. Sal smiles at me, then pushes the head of his cock into my wife, into my pussy. He watches me as he eases forward, and I wonder... What he sees in my face. It doesn't matter, because I'm sure he sees that my hand has started to move. Sal leisurely slides farther into Tilly, and she emits a long, slow groan, as if the sound is pushing out of her body by the massive cock pushing its way in. Once Sal's length is fully inside her, he releases her knees, then leans forward, planting his elbows on the mat near her shoulders. He eases himself out almost all the way then slowly goes back in. He takes his time, fucking her at a pace that seems almost lazy, as if he's content to be inside her all day long, as if he belongs there. Or maybe he's enjoying the exploration, memorizing every inch and curve of her body, not entirely certain if he'll ever get the chance to enjoy her again. He will get the chance. That's the deal. This isn't a one-time thing, It's a first-time thing. And the next time, I won't be there to watch. That's one reason I must be here this time, to see how he is with her, and to see if I can trust him when I'm away for business for weeks at a time. I won't be able to watch them then. Only trust him to take good care of her. Sal is moving faster, his muscular ass moving at an increasingly swift pace, his cock pushing more and more of those groans out of her. I wonder how long it'll be until he pushes out a shriek instead, an orgasmic scream. Not long, I think. Sal's pounding her pretty fucking hard, battering away at her, and I'm not sure how much more she can take. I'm not sure how much more he can take, come to think of it. That'd be the final irony if it turned out that Tilly was too much woman for Sal to satisfy, after all this sacrifice. Their bodies move together in a frenzied rhythm, Sal's cock pumping in and out of her faster and faster. He reaches, grabs her by the wrists, and stretches her arms out past her head. He's supporting himself on his forearms now, both her wrists trapped by one of his large hands, His free hand moves down and grabs her breast. His fingers squeeze her nipple, and his mouth locks over Tilly's. I watch them, masturbating furiously, listening to their muffled grunts and hearing the slap of naked flesh on flesh. Their bodies are moving so urgently, I'm not sure which of them is going to give out first. But it'll be soon. Sal's body stiffens, and I think it's over for him. Then he pulls back from Tilly's mouth, and out of her mouth, comes that shriek I was wondering about earlier. The sound I've heard so often, but never from so far away. Sal resumes his thrusts as Tilly bucks, shrieks, and screams out her orgasm. Is she always this loud? As I watch her, I feel a burst of pleasure in my own groin. I grab the towel, still damp with my sweat and blood, and I manage to wrap it around my cock in time to catch the geyser of semen. My orgasm is so intense that it makes me want to yell, but I stifle it. This is their show, not mine. I keep stroking myself as I watch Sal make my wife come a second time, then a third. Once she gets going, she can keep going. My record with her is five, but that was a long while back. One of Tilly's arms is broken free of Sal's hand, and it's thrashing about as she comes the third time. Her hand smacks the mat as if she's tapping out. Fuck! Oh, fuck! Oh, fuck! Sal's breathing comes out and snorts, reminding me of some wild bull. He snorts louder and faster, and then he lets out a rough cry of his own as he comes. Tilly moves her body with his, her pussy stroking him. She's always good that way. She knows how to move, how to use herself, to maximize pleasure. My wife is lying on the floor, wearing only a satisfied-looking smile and a sheen of sweat. Not all of it is hers. Sal is still on top of her, their naked torsos pressing slickly together. He's still holding one of her wrists, and her other arm is stretched out to the side. Once they've come down, we'll hit the shower's Then we'll have a few drinks. We've earned them. The next time I leave town, I'm pretty sure Sal will fuck my wife again. She's going to be well taken care of.
0: Richard Bakula has spent years studying creative writing at a national university and has spent his entire life studying sex. His subject matter ranges from vanilla to the inhuman, as he is always looking for new and challenging subject matter for his stories.
1: Driftwood on the all
0: right you guys we hope you enjoyed the show that was the bullfighter written by richard bakula featured in our latest audiobook tonight she's yours cuckold fantasies 2. you can follow richard bakula on twitter at richard bakula You can follow the show, too, at the KMQ. Tag us in a tweet. Tell us the title of your favorite KMQ story, and we'll send you an audiobook of your choice from our Audible library. If you want more sexy stories and would like to support the show, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Caraway. Don't forget to leave us a sexy review. Audio production by Big Daddy, Dave Caraway.
1: The KMQ would like to thank these wonderful musical artists. Robero, Analog by Nature, Gurdenark, Cloud Kicker, Kai Engel, Nylor, and the feature credit song, Fight the Sea, by Josh Woodward. The KMQ introduction music by Vivich.
0: The Kiss Me Quick Erotica podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by. Tonight she's yours. Cuckold Fantasies 2.
1: All the secrets that you're holding, all the memories you hide, all the frail thoughts that are going.
0: fish. Shared. Moxie Marcus. I tangle my fingers in his thick, sable curls and press his face against my tits. He makes a soft moan, setting vibrations against my skin. My nipples tighten. He turns his head so he can fasten his mouth on one. He sucks it against his teeth and hums. I gasp and lift my hips to grind against him. My husband turns his face towards us, straining to hear every noise we make. He can't see anything, not with the blindfold I've tied around his head. I don't say anything yet. I'm savoring the way he's squirming while my lover coaxes quiet noises from me with every delicate brush of his teeth to oversensitize skin. Wyatt lets go of the nipple to look at my husband. He rests his forehead against my collarbone while he watches Caleb tug his wrists against the silk, restraining his hands. A twitch of his cock against my thigh tells me exactly what Wyatt thinks of this new game we're playing. Denying Caleb the chance to see every movement of our bodies. Caleb always watches so avidly, but sex good sex, is a feast for all the senses, so it stood to reason, if denial of touch escalated sensation, then surely denial of another sense would drive him nearly mad with desire. Caleb has given himself over entirely to my whims in this. I am to take my own pleasure, however I want it, without his input. It excites him to know that I'm aroused, thrills him to no end when I'm losing myself to sensation and desire, and sends him wholly over the edge when I come, regardless of who I'm with when I do. And Wyatt, well, Wyatt, is all too glad to service me the way I want him to. I shift enough to allow the sheets to announce the change in position, My legs part more, so Wyatt can settle more easily against my crotch. I press my thighs to his lean hips, capturing him in position to give me just enough friction. I'm not ready to orgasm yet. I'm not even close, but I love teasing him by rubbing against him. The warm scent of our bodies rises as my body readies for Wyatt. He raises my arms above my head, in echo of the way I've tied Caleb. But unlike my husband, Wyatt strokes his fingers from the underside of my wrists, along the lines of my upper arms, to cup my breasts. He squeezes, lifting them up, before scratching lightly at my nipples with blunt nails. I inhale sharply and whimper an, "Uh!" in response. Caleb rolls onto his side so he faces us and makes a pleading groan around the gag in his mouth. "'Not your turn,' I say as I rock myself against Wyatt's long thrusts. My labia cradle his cock perfectly while I coat him with welcome. I hear my own small grunts as my hips meet his. I thought when I married Caleb that he was perfect. We are compatible in so many aspects of our lives. He submits to me, spending most of his nights on his knees, doing everything I ask. I glory in my power over him, the way I can make him do everything I want him to, when I want him to do it. But I don't always want to be the dominant, and Caleb really struggled with the role reversal. He couldn't perform, even if we restricted the play to merely holding my wrists. He tried, but he had to focus so intently on maintaining the facade, he couldn't muster the stamina I needed, nor the erection. He found Wyatt for me, this beautiful knot of tense muscles, with his coffee brown eyes and mass of dark hair. Wyatt is a friend of his from college who still comes to play poker with Caleb once a month. The two of them get off on the secret they have as much as they do sharing me. It's their chance to play kinky spy, I think. We lead our double lives with our mild cloak-and-dagger games that ends in a reward for all three of us. Caleb engages in the ultimate submission. He gives me to another man who will pleasure me because he can't. I get the kind of sex I crave when I've had enough doming for a while. Wyatt gets laid. It's secret from everyone else, because who else would understand? Not that they need to. Wyatt sucks a bruise against my shoulder. Caleb will have to look at the mark until it fades. It reminds him on a daily basis of who Wyatt is to us. I want to nip and suck at the top of Wyatt's ear, but I can't quite reach. Wyatt holds me easily. Unlike Caleb, he doesn't have to concentrate to keep me pinned. Wyatt slides up and uses his thighs to press my legs open. I obey him with a sigh. My body answers his demands without hesitation. He doesn't have to say a word. I leave my hands resting against the pillows. I arch to him, giving my nipples contact with his skin, following him as best I can to show him I'm ready. We have declared this acceptable behavior. I am allowed to pursue touch this way. He grazes my lower lip with the tip of his index finger, tracing its curve. That finger trails down my chin along my neck, over the dip of my collarbone. The line continues between my breasts and down my stomach. He doesn't deviate his pinpoint mapping of my body as he unerringly dips his finger against my clitoris. Why it gives it a little flick, so I cry out and buck my pelvis towards him. His amused snort of laughter is smug. He's confident of both his knowledge of my body and his ability to drive me close to insanity by taunting me to orgasm. Caleb whines low, reminding us he's still there and he can hear us. What he wants is a graphic play-by-play description of what we're doing. He'll get a video later when he's not expecting it. He'll discover the little SD card in its clamshell case tucked in his wallet. I'll put it there for him to find in a month because Caleb is a good sub. He won't dare to ask me for details. He knows if I wanted him to be aware of them, I would tell him. Doing it this way has the added bonus of making him wait. He will discover it when he buys his morning paper on his way to work. Then He'll have all day to wonder what's on the card. He'll know it's footage of Wyatt and me, but he'll be desperate to establish if it's from the encounter he's dying to know more about, or if it's from another clandestine meeting of which he remained unaware until presented with the evidence. My husband will be squirming and fighting an erection all day as he envisions the spectacle awaiting him, on that tiny bit of plastic. Caleb won't even think of asking because he knows it would spoil the surprise and I do not like my surprises to be spoiled by useless questions. Just the thought of planting the video in Caleb's wallet provokes another surge of arousal in me. Wyatt's finger is perfectly placed to feel it. He nuzzles at my jawline, nipping lightly. Wyatt doesn't leave marks on my face or neck. We talk to each other in bed. Wyatt and I guide each other verbally as much as we do physically. It benefits Caleb as well, hearing how Wyatt orders me while we fuck, hearing the difference in how I behave when I'm with Wyatt instead of him. Not even the pitiful noises Caleb makes to spur us to fulfill his need, to know what we're doing, distract me from Wyatt plunging into me. He's quick about it, bottoming out with a rough grind that crushes me to the mattress. It's exquisite, this breach of my body. I spread my legs farther apart, anchoring my heels against the sheets so I can meet his rhythm. Wyatt shows me no mercy. My breasts bounce as he pounds into me, I answer with thrusts of my own and gasps that sound more like vowels. These are not the noises I usually make. Caleb's imagination must be running wild. Wyatt changes the angle. His cock hits that magical spot, and I can't control the reflexive curl around him to keep him right there. Wyatt knows a hint when he's bludgeoned with one. He grasps my hips to ensure I stay in that position. He rolls his hips and I'm so close the gasps have become a continuous keen. My body tightens to a point low in my belly. The intensity builds until I'm sure I can't bear it anymore. I snap upward with the force of my release. My pussy clenches around Wyatt as I drench him. He groans my name. As he fills me, I sag back against the bed, still pulsing around him. After a brief pause, Wyatt gets up, leaving me where I lay on the bed. He presses his palm to my sternum to indicate I'm supposed to stay where I am. I nod. He unties Caleb and removes the gag, but leaves the blindfold on him. Then he guides Caleb to me. He eases Caleb's face against my vulva. You feel that, Caleb? You feel what I did for her? Caleb nods. Taste her. Caleb obediently laps between my outer labia. You've never gotten her that wet, have you? Caleb shakes his head. You apologize to her. She deserves better than that. Caleb starts to lick tentatively. At my clit. He's testing to make sure I'm not too sensitive still. I'm not, but I'm not ready for another orgasm yet. You're only cleaning me up, I say, because it's your fault Wyatt has to make such a mess. Caleb's back is an exaggerated arch. He has to do it so he resists the urge to rub himself against the sheets. One of our cardinal rules is when Wyatt and I are playing. Caleb only gets to come if one of us decide he can. We haven't. He dutifully licks me clean, then bows his head against the sheets, ass in the air, waiting for the next set of instructions. I smile at Wyatt. Thank you, darling. That will be all tonight. Sure, I'll see you later. You don't think I'd miss a chance to have you when I'm saddled with this? I motion towards Caleb. Nah, can't see that happening. Wyatt scoops up his clothes from the floor. He stands by the side of the bed while he dresses so I can admire the view. I make a point of letting my eyes rake over his body. He picks up his camera and ends the video. He pulls the SD card, puts it into the case, and tucks it into my jewelry box. He gives me a wink and a grin, before he sees himself out of the house. In a few minutes, I'll get up and take Caleb's blindfold off. I'll supervise him while he changes the sheets. I'll drink some water, have a shower, then come back to bed for a pleasant sleep. For now, though, I lie in bed, Caleb still in position between my legs.